Hello and welcome to the Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist and I'm the online editor at The Strad. Today's episode, you'll hear my conversation with cellist Nicholas Altstedt. We spoke about the Lutoswalski Cello Concerto, a work that doesn't enjoy as much of the limelight as, say, Elgar and Dvorak, but maybe it should. Ahead of his performance with the London Philharmonic Orchestra on the 1st of October, we chatted about the challenges of working on a piece that's not as well known, including playing microtones, but also how playing a less familiar piece to audiences can actually be rather liberating. Have a listen. Nicholas, welcome to the Strad Podcast. So we're here today to talk about your upcoming performance with the LPO, playing the Lutoswalski Cello Concerto. Lutoswalski it's perhaps becoming more performed nowadays, but not as widely performed as, say, Dvořák or Elgar. Can you tell me, first of all, what's your approach to learning this work, a work that's not as well known, a work that maybe not as many people have heard? How do you go about learning a piece like this? Oh, there's no secret. It's like learning any other piece. You you first try to do it without your instrument. I think the instrument can be very much in the way. I always try to learn the score first and see the orchestral score, study it as I would uh, study it uh, as a conductor or musicologist or just interested, curious person. And I, I try to see um, what is the piece, how it is built up, formed, what it also the first emotional impact on me. That is something, of course, I had in a concert far before I saw the the score. And then at some point you, you pick up your instrument and, and you see how the music speaks through the instrument and you try to express what this work wants to convey through your um, own voice by recreating the music as it would be for the very first time. But I, I heard Lutoslavsky's music when I was uh, a kid and it spoke to me immediately. I think it's an incredibly universal and still an individual unique voice and an incredible beauty of texture that I had never heard before. And I was first performing the um, concerto actually in the youth orchestra when there was um, Gustav Rivinius coming and playing that concerto with us. So I first got to know the concerto from the orchestral cello part and we have been touring it and as you have lots of time in the youth orchestra, you spend a lot of time with it. And then I felt so inspired that I, it was always my dream to, to learn it. So I learned it at a very young age when I was 19, 20. At that time, it was quite difficult to perform because if you don't have an orchestra, there was not really a piano um, arrangement of this one. So my brother, who is a great pianist and also conductor, he played it with me uh, on the piano. He just played from the score and we have played it many times, just cello and piano. And so it became part of my life. Yeah. Can I ask, how is it from a cellistic point of view? I'm a cellist myself. You know, what's it like to play cellistically? Does it fall under the fingers easily? Is it idiomatic or is it something that you have to really overcome certain technical hurdles? I think it's extremely well written, like most pieces that are written for Rostropovich. And even it makes a very strong virtuosic effect it is really comfortable to play, I find. The only thing is where it comes to difficulties regarding the perfection is just your physics of your left hand regarding the microtones. I think that depends a little bit on how wide and how tall your fingers are. I think smaller hands, the, the more precise microtones probably. 
um, because the whole cadenza and, and many passages are full of microphones and very dense and tight microphones. So you have lots of scales and runs in microtones and sometimes they become just a little bit larger than they are supposed to be. I would call that the technical difficulty in my case. Otherwise, it's very, very well written. It's very rewarding to play it. He was a really great composer. He knew the instrument so well. There is not a single place in the whole concerto where there's a balance problem, though the orchestration is very rich. And always when I commission a new concerto, I tell the composers, look how Lutoswaski or how Dutilleux did it in their cello concertos. You can write for a very big and uh, full-size orchestras with lots of colors and lots of instruments, including harp and um, big winds, and the cello can still be perfectly heard if you know how to write, and, and yeah. he obviously knew how to do it. And I think good music also always takes time until people recognize it and perform it, and I think it's now a very highly popular piece. And speaking of, you know, rich complexity in the orchestral part, on the other side of that, you've got a complete solo in the opening. You've just got this, the opening of this cadenza on repeated open D strings. So tell me, what's going through your head at this point? You know, you know that there's a great amount of complexity to come further on in the work, but what is it that you're trying to communicate right from the very beginning with such a simple ostinato? I don't really try to communicate. It's um, I just get into the zone, in, immerse into the piece. And I think if you once immerse into the piece, it will communicate its message uh, itself. I think it's a wonderful, one of the most wonderful beginnings in uh, cello music. And I use it to get and an immerse in his language. It's like a meditation, I would say. The first uh, part you can choose between 15 and 20 times repeating D, he suggests, and then it becomes a little bit shorter, the more and more shorter, the more the cadenza uh, goes on. But I think it's a magic, magic beginning to just come on stage, you're on your own and, and you get to the essence of music. It's like all great music, also in contemporary music like Senakis or Cage, it's very minimalistic and, and it's actually very touching and also opening the ears for the people when you have this repeated note and it, it raises the curiosity and the awareness of the listener. Yeah, it draws an audience in because if you're not expecting it, you could think, oh, he just seems to be tuning his D string for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> yes and there's no tuning going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly just really enjoying the richness of the open strings i also wanted to ask you know because it's not as widely performed as something like Dvorak, elga saint one of those uh, very well-known concertos does it actually make it easier or harder for you when you perform something like ludoswavsky or dutio no, not at all. I, I feel very at home in, in both concertos and I find it a much bigger burden to perform the Dvorak concerto because it has so much weight and so much history and uh, people think to know it well because they are prejudiced by the um, performance history and it's a very well-known piece. The Lutoswaski, I would say, rather the same now. It's part of society and people know it, but I feel very liberated when I, when I play it. I, I feel like coming to myself. I grew up with lots of contemporary music and we are talking about a classic. It's, it's one of the major pieces in the second part of the 20th century, one of the best pieces written after the Second World War. I always tell my agents put Lutosowski on the top of the list. Um, when you talk to promoters, it's really one of my favorites and maybe my number one favorite of all concertos. Yeah, so 
top of the list. Nicholas really wants to play this concerto. Please program it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I 100% agree because I imagine people are very much influenced by the great recordings of these well-known concertos. And with a more contemporary piece, you really do have the opportunity to make it your own and just really live within that concerto yourself. Absolutely. But it's also, I mean, it just will need some time that Vodra Concerto is older and had more possibilities to be performed more often. And I think it's just about what we make also out of this music. If, if we give this piece the performance that it deserves and gives it this identity, people will always love it and it will live on and lots of people will take it on. And I think there have been already quite a few uh, recordings of that piece and there will be even more. And then there will be the same weight on people playing the Lutoswowski in a few years, like playing the Dwarak Concerto. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, Lutoswowski, I just feel such a, such a weight on my shoulders. <laughs> That's brilliant. Nicholas, thank you so much again for joining me to talk about all things to do with Lutoswowski. Thank you so much. That was Nicholas Altstadt. As mentioned earlier, Nicholas is performing the Lutoswowski Cello Concerto with the LPO on the 1st of October. But on the 13th of November, the concert will also be available for 48 hours for free on Marquee TV. The piece you're hearing right now is not the cello concerto, but another piece by Lutoswowski called Little Sweet. And don't forget to check out strad.com for the latest news and articles on all things to do with string playing. And if you like the look of all those wonderful articles, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. Remember, we have 50% off an online subscription for students. Amazing. Check the show notes for the link. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Bye.